Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here on the 5571 Podcast. My name is Danny, and for those that are new here, welcome. This is a podcast all about news from local theme parks in Southern California, including and almost exclusively the Disneyland Resort, but other theme parks as well. And we have a lot of news, actually, to go into this week, so let's go ahead and get started. So let's go ahead and get started with what's new and what's happening at the Disneyland Resort. First, with a big topic we've been talking about, since it's going to be a continued to be a big topic the rest of the summer, and that is going to be refurbishments and closures throughout Disneyland Resort um, during the summer season, which is crazy. It's something we don't normally see, but um, in my YouTube video, I was talking a little bit about how I think this is because we had such a rainy season um, this past winter that there really just wasn't an opportunity for Disney to do their normal refurbishments during the off-season or what would be considered the off-season, like say January or February. Now, we've talked a lot about closures in Fantasyland on this podcast, specifically Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Alice in Wonderland, and of course, Peter Pan's Flight. Now, all of those attractions have already gone down once for their first phase of that closure. And it seems like Disney is trying to do this in a little bit of a phased opening closure kind of thing to minimize impact on the area, especially since the Fantasyland attractions are such um, a huge draw in the parks. Now, initially, Peter Pan closed the longest, staying closed all the way through the end of June until June 30th. And now Peter Pan's uh, flight has reopened after June 30th, and all the scaffolding has come down with um, maybe a little bit of cosmetic work being done on the building, but probably a lot of stuff we're not really aware of, probably some repairs that needed to take place on the building itself, some attraction refurbishments. But those have all been completed on Peter Pan's flight, so nothing left remaining there. However, um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride went down for a little bit, reopened as well, and Alice in Wonderland went down for a little bit and reopened as well. However, they are scheduled to go down again to complete the phase or the last phase of this renovation that's happening on all three of these attractions that um, occupy the same building. Now, currently, as we're all talking right now on this podcast, or as you're listening to this podcast, Alice in Wonderland has already reclosed. It closed on the 5th of July. It's now the, it's now 10th of July. Um, and it's going to be um, up closed until the 21st of July. So if you have any trips planned, you'll be able to ride the attraction on the 21st of July. Um, now, as far as when that attraction reopens, then Mr. Toad's Wild Ride will then close on the 24th, staying closed all the way until August 11th. Um, So just keep that in mind. If you have any trips planned coming up this summer, there can be some impact on those Fantasyland attractions. And speaking of continual closures, (laughs) we've got um, another attraction closures or a couple attraction closures at Disneyland Resort. Um, one being the Disneyland monorail, which also closed on the 5th of July. Um, and that's going to remain closed for, um, an indefinite period at this time. So the Disneyland monorail is going to stay closed through, I think the end of August, potentially. We don't really know just quite yet. Could extend a little bit, might, be a little bit shorter, but that's what we know, at least for right now. So if you have any hotel stays, you're going to be a hotel guest at the Design Hotel. This could impact your way to and from the park, so keep that in mind. Um, this this same closure also affects Soren around the world over at Disney California Adventure, staying closed only for five additional days after this podcast. Um, and then additionally, Toy Story Midway Mania, we now know, is going to be closing on July 17th. 
and it's going to be staying closed um, until mid-August. So um, this attraction (laughs) needs the closure more than any of the attractions, I think. Midway Mania was definitely showing... Um, its age showing its problems with the screens. We had a lot of windows errors popping up on all of the screens in the attraction. So there's definitely some major refurbishment that needs to happen here. And I'm glad that they're going to be taking the time to do that. However, this can heavily impact a lot of guests stays and visits throughout the summer. So make sure you're keeping that aware as well too. Lots of closures, something we don't normally see uh, during this time in summer. Um, so if it's something that a lot of people usually who plan trips in summer don't have to, you know, make account for. But this year's a little bit different than most. So I feel like, um, you know, this phase kind of opening, closure, opening, closure is a little bit um, working in their favor, I guess you could say. And it's still during a peak p- season when they're, you know, charging a lot of money for tickets. So I think that um, maybe this we continue to see this moving forward. It depends on, I guess, how rainy our winter seasons continue being. Um, and then the last closure I wanted to talk about is not one that's unexpected. That's pretty um, normal. And that's going to be for, you know, a little bit far away in the future. Um, Haunted Mansion is going to be closing on 8-14, August 14th, um, just for a couple weeks while it gets its renovation to Haunted Mansion Holiday. And that's going to be reopening on the first day of the Halloween season, Um, which is going to be September 1st. So um, that's something to expect as well, too, if you're planning to come during that time. Although last year it did actually reopen a little bit earlier with some soft openings just before the actual scheduled reopening date or debut date of the Halloween season. So maybe we can expect the same this time around, but you know for sure that on September 1st it will be open and available. Next, I wanted to head over to Disney California Adventure Park to talk about this huge news that dropped, which if you watch Speculation Sunday on Mondo's Five Fires YouTube channel, um, this might not be that big of a surprise because we had all assumed this might happen this week. And that is Disney finally dropped the foodie guide for San Francisco Square. Um, We predicted it might be on a Tuesday, but it actually came on a Monday this time, which is why I liked originally delayed this podcast until uh, or you know earlier on I made it Tuesdays instead of Mondays because stuff like this seems to be happening all the time so I wanted to delay on two until Tuesdays because it helps me talk about these more relevant news items if I had put this podcast out yesterday I would have had to wait a whole other week just to talk about all this stuff so I'm glad we can talk about it now and that is like I mentioned, the foodie guide for San Francisco Square. As we know, Disney shared additional artwork for things like Aunt Cass's Cafe, Rita's Turbine Blenders, things like that, that we knew were new, going to be new additions, excuse me, to um, San Francisco Square. And now we know the food that's going to be served in them. Now, one thing Disney made real clear is that San Francisco Square is going to be um, a mix mash of cultures, just like the actual San Francisco is a, a mix and mash of like Japanese culture and all things San Francisco. So we're going to be seeing that here, and it's going to be a bunch of fusion restaurant and food ideas. We're sp- we're talking about Japanese fusion mixed with Mexican fusion, mixed with Korean food, mixed with all sorts of things. So it's it's quite a, a concoction of things you might not expect to be, you know, at a Japanese restaurant or like a Mexican restaurant. So 
what we got was a complete food guide of everything, basically coming to all the different restaurants and food locations in San Francisco Square. But more importantly, we got some dates for certain things because Disney did share that a lot of the new food and items would drop this month in July and then shared that the rest of the land would continue and um, continue on with its construction and different things would open throughout the month of August, wrapping up at that point. So we kind of knew there would be like a two-month timeline for things coming in that area. And we finally got news today about the first wave of those new food items and drink items coming to San Francisco Square. So the first item that's going to be debuting all its new stuff is going to be Lucky Fortune Cookery. And this one makes a lot of sense because it's kind of like the untouched location. It is still getting a brand new signage on top of the roof. Um, but for the most part, the actual building itself is not changing here. Not a lot of themings changing on it. So it's ready to go. They just have to redo some of the food offerings that are being served in the kitchen. So um, this one is definitely opening up as a complete fusion location. We're seeing Korean here. We're seeing Japanese here. We're seeing Mexican mixed with all that as well, too. Um, starting off with one that immediately caught my eye from this location, which is beef birria ramen with consomme, served with house-made birria, soft-boiled eggs, Monterey Jack, cilantro, roasted corn, onions, and radish. So this is like a big bowl of ramen soup, which was not something that's new to this location, but it being birria ramen, beef birria with consomme flavoring for the broth, and mixing that with like a soft-boiled seasoned egg and Monterey Jack cheese is like, man, that is just a complete concoction of different cultures all served up in one food dish. So that one immediately stuck out to me as like something I have to try. Um, and they're going to be adding a bunch of new things at this location, um, including plant-based options. But all these new locations or new food items are available starting July 19th. And Disney was quick to mention that this location, Lucky Fortune Cookery, which is already available on mobile order, will continue to be available on mobile order when this new food debuts on July 19th. So mark your calendars, make your park reservations July 19th for all the new food coming first to Lucky Fortune Cookery. Some additional items at this Lucky Fortune Cookery location are going to be a karage-inspired crispy chicken sandwich with togarashi mayonnaise, which is a little bit spicy for those that don't know. And it's going to be served on a potato bun with those garlic chips that were already served with like the bulgogi burrito. Um, they're going to have yaki udon with karage-inspired chicken, and they're even going to have yaki udon yaki udon uh, with mushrooms, sugar snap peas, uh, bok choy, dark so basically like a, a plant version of that. Um, they're going to also have some of the things we already had at this location, like teriyaki chicken on steamed rice, the beef bulgogi burrito, which we already had. The um, Some new things, though, that we're going to have is like pork wonton nachos with different different kind of seasoned meat on it, pot stickers they already had at this location, and of course kids' meals will remain like teriyaki bowls um, and like a, a vegan option for kids too with, that's kind of like a vegan version of that yaki soba or yaki udon that we talked about earlier. In addition to those new food items at the Lucky Fortune Cookery, they're also going to have brand new drink options um, as well as alcoholic drinks too. So they have a new lychee tea with um, lychee coconut jelly in it. 
Um, they're also going to have a Thai tea, um, which is not a new loca- item for this location. The other new item listed is a strawberry lychee cocktail. This is going to be an alcoholic one with vodka, lychee liqueur, premium strawberry syrup, and fresh lemon juice with a slice of strawberry garnish. So this one looked actually pretty good. There's a picture of it on the article. Um, and if you are one that looks at podcast notes, I'm going to put the link to this foodie guide so you can see all the photos of the things I'm talking about in the description of the podcast. So if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can click that link in the description of this episode um, and go right to that. Now, Disney also shared um, some other pictures um, from the items coming to Cocina Cucamonga which is the Mexican grill in the Pacific Wharf area, soon to be San Francisco Square. And this item, or this location, is getting all of its new items on July 26th. So July 19th for Lucky Fortune Cookery, July 26th for Cocina Cucamonga. Now, we have a lot of returning favorites. Of course, the Birria Tacos, which have been a huge popular item there. That'll continue to stay around. One of the new items that they're showcasing is a San Francisco style street corn with togarashi, mayonnaise, queso fresco, furikake, bonita flakes served with white or wheat chicharrones. So not um, actual like pork chicharrones, but like kind of like sabretones if you ever had those from like a Mexican market. So the difference here is that this is definitely a fusion with Japanese and Mexican, which is another thing we were going to be seeing a lot of at this particular San Francisco food area. That's kind of what they highlighted. Um, So we're going to have the street corn, like an elote that you would get, right? Um, But instead of just regular mayonnaise like you might see on a normal street corn, it's going to have togarashi mayonnaise. Again, this is something that you see when you go to Trader Sam's and you get um, those long beans and you dip them in that kind of spicy mayonnaise, that's togarashi mayonnaise. So just to give you an idea, if you've ever been there before, so the same thing. So the whole corn is going to be covered in that togarashi mayonnaise, queso fresco, furikake. For those that don't know, um, Japanese people love to sprinkle furikake on their rice. Um, it's sort of like a little spice um, sesame seed blend with little bits of seaweed in it that you put on rice, you put on Jap- you know, different food items. It's kind of like putting tahini on something, you know, for Mexican cuisine. So it's a normal thing to put on your rice specifically, but for them to put it on top of the street corn is really just mixing both cultures in a totally unique way. The picture of this, you know, looks definitely like normal Mexican street corn, but you can see the the pieces of furikake on it, as well as on top of the um, the chicharrones, which are not beef or pork. Excuse me, they're just like wheat ones. So this is, from what I can tell, um, you know, a vegetarian option, right? It's not going to be a vegan option because mayonnaise is made with eggs. So. And of course, it's got queso fresco on it as well, too. So, but it is a vegetarian option um, because it's going to have non like pork skin chicharrones. So, vegetarian option there for you, not plant based though. Um, and that's the only item that they're showing as like new for this location. Um, so, most of the items that we know and love from this location are returning. Um, they're going to have the tacos uh, de papa, so like the potato tacos, which for the plant-based option they had. Um, so a lot of favorites coming back just with that new fusion item. So that's essentially um, the big difference there. And then as far as specialty drinks, 
they do have some new ones coming. They have a melon cocktail, which is like lime green in the photo. That one's going to be tequila, melon liqueur, fresh lemon juice, and an orgiat, which is a drink uh, ingredient that's used a lot over at Trader Sam's. So this might be a little bit more of a tropical feel. Um, and then that's the only new drink that's listed at the location. So not a lot of new stuff coming to Cocina Cucamonga, but honestly not too surprising because this is a pretty popular location. So not a lot needs to change there, but adding that new fusion item is going to be super popular, I feel. So especially since it's like really unique, not something that you can get pretty much anywhere else. I feel like people really seek out that kind of stuff when they're coming to Disneyland to get special foods like that. So we've already covered Lucky Fortune Cookery. We've covered Cocina Cucamonga. Of course, the next location in San Francisco Square is going to be Rita's Turbine Blenders. Now, we mentioned Lucky Fortune Cookery July 19th. We mentioned Cocina Cucamonga was going to be July 26th. Well, Rita's Turbine Blenders, which is the margarita location in the middle of San Francisco Square is also going to be offering new items um, on July 26th. And again, also mobile order, just like all the other ones I mentioned before. So Rita's Turbine Blenders is open now, but serving its normal traditional margaritas that they have, but opening with new options starting July 26th. And those new options are pretty colorful. They're going to have a turbine twirler, um, with your choice of frozen wild cherry, frozen lemon lime, strawberry, or frozen blue raspberry slushies topped with the peach gummy ring. This is going to be a non-alcoholic option for guests that are going to this location. Then they're offering a new lemon lime margarita with strawberry cream-covered cocoa biscuit stick, which is essentially a pocky stick. So they're going to have like different... Um, I see two different margaritas here, the lemon lime one and the strawberry margarita, which are not new to this location, um, but they have like Pocky in them, which is a Japanese um, kind of like dessert treat kind of thing, a little cookie stick. So that's a little bit new, um, not too new. So I hope it's not like that much more expensive just to put a little Pocky stick in it, but we'll, <laughs> we'll have to see on that one. Um, it looks like the grand lemon lime margarita um is going to be changed a little bit with a splash of liqueur and um, and adding also a strawberry-covered um, cocoa biscuit stick, so a Pocky stick, essentially. So Pocky sticks being added to the blenders. It looks like the only new like actual drink drink is going to be um, the turbine twirlers, which are the non-alcoholic ones and the peach rings. So that's a great new option, but I don't know that... Um, the margaritas themselves are changing as far as the recipe or if it's just adding the Pocky stick. So we'll have to wait and see on that one when it comes to July 26. And the only thing that Disney didn't give us dates for is going to be a few different things outlined in this food update. So Aunt Cass's Cafe, um, for the time being, still remains as Pacific Wharf Cafe. We haven't been given a date on when or if this location is going to close to lose some of its like Bodine theming, I guess you could say, and add more, you know, theming inside to make it co cohesive and consistent with the Lucky Cat Cafe, since this is Aunt Cass's second cafe in San Francisco, is the theming for it. So, however, one great thing is that this location is going to be maintaining its Bodine bread sponsorship. So, they're going to have that sourdough bread here. 
Um, it's in the photos, and I'm happy that it's sticking around. So, um, But we don't have dates for this location as far as the new items becoming available. We don't have dates for the Cerveceria as far as when that opens. Um, right there next to the Cocina Cucamonga. And we they also teased a new Baymax zipper um, for the San Francisco Square location where he's kind of coming out of his little med pack. And the, that one is just also teased as coming soon. So we don't have um, like dates for those, but if you want to go on there, you can see all the things that are coming new for those locations, all the new food items, the new drinks, the beer that they're going to be offering at the Cerveceria, um, the cocktails that they're going to have at the different locations, um, kids' meals, etc. But we don't know the dates on these ones yet. But there are some really cool items coming to Aunt Cass's Cafe. So remember, they mentioned that it's going to be more um, Japanese-themed food here before. So right, before, right now, as we speak, this location is like soup and bread bowls, clam chowder, all that kind of stuff, and like deli sandwiches. Now it's going to be um, a little bit of that, but more Japanese fusion. So they're still going to have a Bodine sourdough bread bowl, but instead of soup, it's going to have curry beef, which is super interesting. Uh, so that's going to be a curry beef filled Bodine sourdough bread bowl. They're still going to have clam chowder, but the twist is it's San Francisco clam chowder. So it's clam chowder with bacon, potatoes, and a hint of white miso. So there's that Japanese fusion in there. Served also in a, brow- a Bodine sourdough bread bowl. They're going to have classic mac and cheese bread bowl as well, too. Um, and then there are some great additions. Like right now, they've got this really nasty chicken salad there. Sorry, Pacific Wharf Cafe, but that salad looks disgusting. Um, and it looks like they're replacing that with some Japanese options, which actually look amazing. And it's going to be a soba noodle salad. So soba noodle salads are cold noodles. So it's a cold salad. Looks really refreshing, really, really good. It's got tofu in it. It's got cabbage, edamame all sorts of vegetables, and this is a plant-based option, so it's fully vegan for those that want that. And then they're also going to have the same thing, but with shrimp. So they're going to have a shrimp and tofu option and then just a tofu option. So if you're trying to go vegan or trying to get the same thing but with a little bit more protein on it, some meat on it, you can get one with shrimp on it. And then lastly, thing the thing I'm super bummed I can't have because I'm allergic to dairy um, is going to be Japanese-style fluffy cheesecake. This location is going to have Japanese-style fluffy cheesecake, and it looks amazing in the photo. It's probably really jiggly, just like the Japanese pancakes. So <laughs> this one's going to be super popular. I bet you see this one all over social media when it finally debuts. They're also going to have a shrimp katsu sandwich, which is panko-crusted shrimp patties. This sounds amazing. I mean, panko-crusted anything, but especially shrimp, is going to be really, really good. And then they're going to have a turkey pesto club, which is kind of similar to what they had before, but the bread looks totally different this time around. It's like an herb focaccia bread. It looks really tasty in the photo. Um, and then they're going to have just like a side of steamed rice, which they're listing as new, which is great. Hopefully they have a little food akake to put on that. Um, and you can also, of course, get uh, Bodine sourdough loaves, rounds, or baguettes, just like you could before. So if you were worried about that, sticking around, it's here to stay. Um, as far as specialty beverages, they've got um, some non-alcoholic new items and also one special cocktail. So the special cocktail is the peach soju citrus cocktail, which... Some might see as a little bit familiar if you went to Food and Wine. So this was something that they had at Food and Wine Festival. It looks like it's 
something similar anyway, very similar to this, peach soju. But um, so it's sticking around, and it's going to be here inside San Francisco at Aunt Cass's Cafe, and uh, it looks pretty good from the photo, some po- some popping boba on it as well. Um, and then they have a honey lemonade, which is a non-alcoholic option based off of lemonade zero sugar. So that one looks pretty good. But I think most interesting in this photo was a specialty caramel cold brew. It's Joffrey's coffee caramel mudslide cold brew topped with house-made sea salt caramel whipped cream. So that one looks pretty interesting. People love the cold brews at Disneyland. So this one looks like it's going to be a hit for sure. And then the Cerveceria is going to be serving um, pretty much all the beers that were there before when it was the Pacific Wharf Distribution Company as the beer truck. So if you liked the beers that were served there, fear not, they're going to have all those. They just are going to have a couple new Japanese options in addition to all those other Carl Strauss beers they had before. So if you liked what you had before awesome. They're just adding new stuff to it to try for you. Um, And then there's no pretzel on the menu listed here, at least from what I can see. It's just going to be garlic pinwheel chips. So essentially mixing again the Japanese and Mexican cuisines. They have the garlic like chips that are served with the bulgogi burrito mixed with the pinwheel, you know, like essentially like chicharrones, which are wheat based. So a mix of both of those available in one snack pack that they're going to probably sell in like little bags, I would imagine, um, with the beer. So that'll be available at the Cerveceria. So a little bummed on this one. I thought they might have little like tapas, little like appetizers available for um, this location at the Cerveceria. But I guess since it's right next to Cocina Cucamonga, they probably didn't want to include it. But I thought it would be a fun little addition since they made it sound like it was going to be really separate. But it sounds like it's just the beer truck again, but with um, a different snack. So, and then lastly, of course, like I mentioned, a cool new Baymax sipper coming, but um, no date on that one yet. But it is going to be available um, at Lucky Fortune Cookery, Casino Cucamonga, and Aunt Cass's Cafe. Next up, I wanted to head on over to Disneyland Park to talk about Tiana's Palace Restaurant. We are getting so close to this opening I was also there over the weekend checking it out, and I posted it on my Twitter. If you don't follow me there, you can at Just Ask Danny. Um, Tiana's Palace got a brand new signage painted on the entrance that you walk into the building, not the main one that we saw in the artwork that's going to be lit up with really beautiful like popcorn lighting on it that says Big Tiana's Palace. That's on the side that faces the Haunted Mansion. This is on the side where you walk in that kind of side door to start placing your order or uh, or picking up your food if you're doing mobile order inside the location. And it was actually hand-painted on the wall with some really cool um, lily pad flowers right underneath it. Um, It says Tiana's Palace. And it's in the same font as in the movie, and it looks totally excellent, and it matches the theming so well, this location. Really, from an outside perspective, when you're looking into the construction on this, it looks basically done. Um, And if you think about it, they're not really changing all that much on the inside either. This was the French Market location, already themed to New Orleans. It already was serving New Orleans-style cuisine. has a full-fledged kitchen in it that was being used by the previous restaurant. So, really, they're just tweaking the theme to match what would be inside Tiana's Palace and some of the exterior theming to match the new kind of vibe and look they're going with for the exterior of the restaurant. So from what I can tell on the outside, kind of just 
peering in when you're on the Mark Twain. Um, it looks basically done on the outside. It's just the inside. We don't know just yet, but in all reality, to me, it looks like this location could open up at the end of this month, maybe early next month. So Disney did share, of course, that Tiana's Palace restaurant would be opening in 2023. So we know it's opening this year, but I think it's going to be closer than ever. And um, more ways to get the story going for Tiana's um, takeover, I guess you could say, of New Orleans Square and Critter Country, for that matter. Um, because we already have Tiana's, uh, or excuse me, uh, Eudora's Chic Boutique, which is Tiana's mom, um, which does feature Tiana's foods there. So they have the storyline already starting to take place. But of course, Tiana's Palace restaurant is a huge part of that storyline because the success of the restaurant is what brought on Tiana's foods as a business, which is the storyline of the attraction coming soon, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. So they're starting to interweave that storyline into Disneyland and making it seem like it all fits and it all was there in, in the past, like it already belonged inside Disneyland, which I think is what the vibe they were going for and shooting for when they were integrating all these Tiana locations into Disneyland Park, into an area like New Orleans Square, which has a pretty big history inside Disneyland Park. So they did a good job with all that placemaking and really making it have the vibe of the existing New Orleans Square, but having it have its own place for Tiana's Palace and also Eudora's Chic Boutique. Eudora's Chic Boutique, they did a really good job with it, especially adding that little storyline with um, Eudora's sewing room, and you can hear her talking to Tiana, setting the scene for the attraction. They're going to probably have a little bit more of that at Tiana's Palace when she's, you know, walking around talking to guests while they're dining there, um, probably speaking about, like, the business and how they're opening up a new location, just bringing the whole storyline in for when the attraction opens next year, um, later in the year. So, Really doing an excellent job, in my opinion, uh, on this whole thing. And I can't wait to try Tiana's Palace. We know it's going to have a bunch of great New Orleans-style food. They're going to reopen the mint julep bar with beignets and mint juleps, just like we remember. Not sure if they're going to have additional themes here. We know in the movie, Tiana makes her man-catching beignets, right? As she calls them. Um, but they mentioned that the Mickey-shaped beignets would be coming back. So I'm not sure if they're going to make a change to the recipe or if they're going to remain exactly the same. Maybe they offer a different style beignet um, that's more themed to Tiana's version. We'll have to wait and see. But I could easily see the mint julep being served with like a little lily pad flower light up glow cube in it or something um, and definitely be themed towards the movie. That was something I imme immediately pictured when I thought of it. But I would imagine we just got the foodie guide for San Francisco Square. I would imagine the Tiana's Palace one is not that far out. And lastly, for our news topics this week, I wanted to talk about Oogie Boogie Bash, right? So Oogie Boogie Bash tickets went on sale already for pre-sale and for general admission. And during the general admission sale, um, things went haywire and Disney had to shut down the queue and it just became a big mess and they officially shut it down for the day. Some tickets and orders went through, a lot didn't, and people were wasting so much time in the queue and not doing anything. So Disney sent out a statement saying that they apologized for the inconvenience that was caused, but they were planning on reissuing a sale on these tickets soon. 
um, and that they would let us know by July 9th. Well, July 9th rolled around, and they let us know that they would go on sale July 11th. So at at the time that you're listening to this podcast, it's originally dropping in the morning at 5 (laughs) a.m. So you might be listening to it at 5 a.m., but if you're listening to it way later in the evening or in the afternoon, tickets probably already went on sale. They're going on sale at the morning that you're listening to this podcast, July 11th, no earlier than 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, a lot of times people can get in the queue earlier than that. I don't know if you want to navigate to the page and see if you can try to get in earlier, but the queue will officially open at 9 a.m. And you can queue up and try to purchase tickets. It sounds like they're going to try to make it a much better experience. Um, they already they mentioned that in their statement. So if you're trying to still get a ticket for Oogie Boogie Bash, they're not sold out. They are still available and they're going on sale today at the time you're hearing this podcast. Um, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, July 11th. So there's... Um, no change in availability. I think all days are still available at this time. Um, so if it's important to you to get it, or if you're just, maybe you're just over it and you don't want to do it anymore, that's okay too. <laughs> but um, the tickets are going on sale. Um, they will sell out, I, I would imagine. So if it is something that you're interested in, definitely get on there and um, get in the queue again. And hopefully it's a better experience this time around. But that wraps up this episode of the 5571 podcast. I hope you enjoyed that run through of all the latest and greatest of what's new and what's happening at Disneyland coming up. We'll continue to cover all the closures and everything. And if you're listening to this podcast and you like it, feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel under Just Ask Danny. I'm going to have visuals of a lot of the things we are talking about today, including um, all the latest updates in the park as a visual walkthrough. So check out that. Subscribe to the channel there and you can see um, the latest and greatest that way if you like to see a more visual representation of what we've been talking about. But you'll also have the podcast too, new episodes every Tuesday available after 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure you're following that podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, whether that's Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify Podcasts, etc. And if you feel so inclined, you can also leave a rating for this podcast on any one of those platforms, and it really does help the podcast um, be seen by additional people, rank better, etc. So, and if you do watch the YouTube video, make sure to leave a like and comment there as well too. But I want to thank you again for spending your time out of your day to listen to this podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it and took something away for your upcoming trip or tra- uh, planning of your visits coming up soon. Um, but we'll see you soon on the next episode. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>